Welcome to Blush Life Coaching's podcast, Blush You. I'm your host, Callie. And I'm your co-host, Elise. I actually, I'm a co-host too. I said host. That was a power move. Uh, we are so pumped to have all of you guys with us for our first ever episode. Yes. This is so exciting. I feel like this is something that Callie and I have really talked about for a long time and we're actually manifesting it. It's happening and we are so excited. I know. It's happening. I and think- we are not prepared. And so this is going to be even more fun. I know, which is going through it. It's so unlike me. I feel like Callie and I always talk about the difference between like she's a P and I'm a J on the Myers Briggs. And like this is very unlike me. I literally was like, I'm channeling my inner Callie and just like going with the flow. We're going to wing it. It's going to be awesome. And so here we are. Yeah, here we are. Okay. So for everyone listening, this was Elise's idea. Um, I thought about starting a podcast a long time ago. And then I was like, Ooh, that's a lot of work. No, thanks. So then Elise came and was like, this is going to be a good idea. We should do it. And the word we made me excited. Cause I was like, Oh, that implies I don't have to do everything by myself. So this was all Elise's idea, which is very exciting. And we're making it happen. Yes. I just think it's like the more content that we can push out the better. And I feel like podcasts are becoming like a very popular forum of just getting new content and getting motivated and getting inspired. And so I think, why not? Why not bring up topics that are super common that we coach through with our life coaching and talk about them on air? Yeah. Yeah. It's a really great way for you guys to like trial out a session too, without actually having to talk to one of us. (laughs) You can kind of listen to how a typical session would actually play out. Um, so, you know, I figure why not? I think it's a great way to get to know us, get to know blush. Um, and speaking of that, so I'm Callie, the founder of blush life coaching, which blush is just an affordable place to get coaching life coaching from master level professionals. I promise we all know what we're talking about. We all know what we're doing and plans start at $99 a month. We have a great time. And again, this is a good place to kind of get a sense if, you know, we're the right team for you or just sit back and relax and listen to people getting advice. What's better than that? Yes. I love that. And you know, what's cool is I always tell this with all of my new clients, but I actually started out with blush years ago as a client. So I really got to experience the process firsthand. And then I think when I was in my mass, getting my master's, I was like, okay, I need to be a life coach. And I literally reached out to Callie afterwards and was like, hi, hire me. I was like, yes, done. Easy, easiest decision I've ever made. But I think, I think it's cool though, because I really had no idea what life coaching was going to be about. I was just like all about the idea of a group of all female coaches and just like supportive and encouraging and positive and motivating. And so I think for anybody who is curious about life coaching or has considered it and maybe you know, is scared to try the process or kind of deciding between therapy or life coaching. I think that this podcast will be really good for those of you who are considering the process for sure. Yes. Perfect. And on that note, um, so this is an advice-based podcast, which means people are going to be writing in, uh, actually you should be writing in to blush you at joinblush.com and ask us your questions, your dilemmas, whatever you're going through, tell us about it. I mean, the more detail, the better. 
And, you know, Elise and I are going to be giving advice back to you. And so while we both do have our master's in counseling and funny enough from the same exact program, but one of us is older than the other. And we're just not (laughs) going to talk about that. Um, but since we do have a therapeutic background, I just want to make it clear that we're still going to be approaching issues from the lens of life coaching. And so just for everyone out there, we define life coaching as bridging the gap between who you are today and who you'd like to be tomorrow. So we're always going to be finding ways um, to improve, you know, self-improvement, self-love, self-care, those type of things. Um, occasionally we are going to draw on our counseling backgrounds. Like that's just going to happen. Um, and we, but we're always going to strive to really come at every single problem through the lens of life coaches and not as therapists. So this might be a little bit different, um, of maybe, you know, a perspective than you're used to. We're going to blend kind of the two and really see what happens. So just wanted to make that note. This is going to be more of a positive, upbeat, fun place to be. Yes. I think that distinction is really important for anyone listening, just because we want to make sure that, you know what to expect with what our, think of it as like an advice column, but like real life and like girl talk. That's what, that's like my vision for how this is going to go. I love it. But you know, we also need to make sure people believe in us and actually think that we know what we're talking about. (laughs) Like, right. I mean, why are we even qualified to give this advice? Like what's going on here? Um, so yeah, I mean, Elise and I are, we're actually pretty different. I think on paper, we seem so similar because fun fact, we went to the same high school, Yes, but not at the same time because one of us is older. And then like I said, we went to the same graduate school, but not at the same time because one of us is older, but you know, our life experiences, our struggles, our stories, even though they have these very similar touch points are extremely different, which means our advice is probably going to be pretty different, even though we have basically like identical education. Mm -hmm. Um, So on this podcast, our promise to you is that we will not hold back. We will give our best advice we can think of, and we might not agree with each other and you might not agree with both of us or one of us. And that's totally fine. Um, but what Elise and I do agree on is that you are the only expert in your own life. And we're just here to act as sounding boards, mentors, big sisters, teachers, your biggest cheerleader, you name it. We're here to encourage you and we want to provide advice for you so that you have a good, you know, foundation to go figure this out on your own or maybe with us later on if you become a client on Blush. Uh, But that's our promise to you. So just know we're not going to hold back. This is what a life coaching session sounds like and it's going to be fun. Yes. I love that point. Like you are the only expert in your own life. I always tell all of my clients, like you already have all of the capacity and everything you need to get to where you want to go and to be who you want to be. And so this space is really just like facilitating the conversations that need to be had, motivating you, giving your, you know, showing you that you have to give yourself grace in the process and just be your biggest cheerleader. So I think that that's what this space will hopefully, that's our vision for what Blush You will be. So I'm really excited. But I think we should ask some questions, Callie, so that people get a good feel for who we are as individuals and as life coaches. So that way we don't feel like strangers to everybody listening. 
Yes, I agree. All right, let's go. First question. (laughs) Let's go. Okay, Callie, tell us your top five values. Mm, Okay. (laughs) So I'm going to go with, okay, so my husband always says that I'm efficient with one F because I am like borderline addicted to being efficient. So that's for sure, probably my top value. But I'm also very much drawn to ambition. I love ambitious people. I feel like I am reasonably ambitious, but I've I've also noticed I like watch TV shows that have ambitious characters. Like it's just something that I'm interested in. And then creativity for sure. I love to be creative. I love creative people as well. And then I think I'm gonna go with openness to new ideas even though it's hard and I push myself to be open to new ideas all the time, even though I want to retreat and run away. And then optimism. I mean, I just think if we don't really hang on to optimism, especially in a year like this, whoo, it's going to be pretty tough. So I'm, I wouldn't call myself someone who always sees the bright side, but I very, rarely let go of the bright side, if that makes sense. Even when I'm feeling totally hopeless and angry and pissed and depressed and anxious and you name it. I, I've noticed that I never let go of that one sliver of hope, even if it's very, very small. So (laughs) I think optimism is pretty important. Yeah. That's one of my big ones. My, I said positivity, which I think is like really the thing that keeps me hanging on, even when it's a really tough time. I, I feel like I'm definitely one of those people who always tries to find the silver lining, always tries to like hang on to hope. So that's definitely, I think that's for sure one of my top values. Oh, it's gotta be. You're the most, po- you're way more positive than me. I mean, I didn't put positivity for a reason. Optimism and positivity to me are two different things. One of them is like, holding on to the bright side. And one of them is being the bright side. I am not the bright side. You are the bright side. What did you tell me the other day? You were like, we have to be the sunshine. My favorite quote is when you can't find the sunshine, be the sunshine. Yes. That is Elise. Whereas I am the rain cloud. (laughs) I am the rain rain cloud with a rainbow. Okay. I feel like that is a perfect description. I am the rain cloud with the rainbow and you are the sunshine. I love that. That's cute. cute. Okay. You've got four more though. You have four more values. Four more. I was going to say, that's why Callie and I are literally like two peas in a pod, but like two very different peas in the same pod. It's so, I love it so much. Um, okay. So then I would have to say my health is like very high. Like health is definitely a big value for me. I think because I've struggled with my health for so many years. And I, it was one of those things that I really took for granted until I didn't have it anymore. And then I was like, damn, okay, I really need to put this on the top of my values because it's so important. And I don't think you realize it until it's taken away from you. Absolutely. Um, and then connection, I'm 100% a people person. I like have to have deep conversations with people. I have to feel connected to people. So that's why this year has definitely been a challenging one for me because I am very much an extrovert and thrive when I have social interactions and connection. Um, and then my last two, I would say family and authenticity. I love my family. They are like my life. I don't know how I would get through things without them. And then authenticity, I just think this is something that I didn't value my whole life, but I think 
once I went through this whole self-love, self-discovery stage of my life and really honoring showing up who you, as who you are as your authentic self, I feel like that's just so important to me now. And I really bring a lot of that into the work that I do as a life coach. I want to switch. I want authenticity on my list. You can have it too. Okay. I don't know what I'm going to swap it out for. Maybe creativity. <laughs> who wants to be creative? Forget that. We'll just be authentic. <laughs> so we let, have- let the record show yes. <laughs> that I changed my answer after listening to Elise's, which is probably the least authentic thing I could do, <laughs> but I don't care. Don't care. We're wigging it. Yep. Okay. So Elise, what is the best advice you've ever received? Oh gosh. I like cringe at this one because it was like such a hard pill for me to swallow. But I, for a very long time in my life, I thought that I call myself a recovering perfectionist and a recovering people pleaser because there was a long period of my life where I just tried to please everybody. And I wanted everybody to like me. And I really thought that that was like an obtainable goal. And I remember one time my mom sat me down and she was like, there's literally, it's, it's, it's impossible to have every single person that you encounter like you, accept you and understand you. So if that's what you're striving for, you're just going to be exhausted for the rest of your life. And I think that that, when she told me that in my brain, like it wasn't clicking. Like I was like, I, I hear what she's saying, but I, I don't understand. Like it was, I don't know. Does that make sense? It was just very mm-hmm. interesting for me because there was a long time in my life that I truly thought that I was going to be everybody's cup of tea. Well, I can't imagine you not being everybody's cup of tea. <laughs> They'll probably don't come to me for that advice. Cause I'd be like, what are you talking about? Everyone loves you. <laughs> I would probably enable that behavior, but yeah. What's that? I think it's Von Deese. What's her name? It's like, you could be the ripest, juiciest peach in the world. And there's still going to be somebody who doesn't like peaches. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm butchering that poor woman's name, but man, what a great, what a great quote. That's, that is some good advice. That is some very true. Okay. What's yours? I'm curious. So mine's kind of recent. I'm sure I've gotten some really good advice throughout the years, but I'm, I've just a quick note. I've realized that I'm super present minded. So I have thought less about the past lately. So I was like, but something that recently crossed my desk was this idea of don't bother being disappointed twice. Mm -hmm. And I think this year has really drummed that in for me. I I do actually think that's why I'm more present minded because the world just seems so out of control. And I was like, well, I could sit here and ruminate on what's going to happen next. But what I've realized is every single time I feel incredibly disappointed, Mm -hmm. it wasn't the hope that I held before that made me feel worse. (laughs) Like, I was going to be pissed no matter what, (laughs) you know what I mean? So I could have spent the months leading up to whatever that decision, whatever that was being pissed and then still felt extremely pissed when I found out more information, or I could have held on to the optimism and actually enjoyed myself and then be pissed later. So I just think there's no, there's no point in being disappointed twice. And so I've tried to just refrain from spiraling with my emotions until I have all the information at hand. And then at that point I can decide what to do next, but no reason to waste time. I love that. I think that's something like I need to 
have that be my mantra every single day. Have you ever heard that quote that's like, if you're living in the past, you're depressed. If you're living in the future, you're anxious. And if you're living in the present, you're peaceful. Yes. Okay. That's like the, I feel like I'm such a future thinker and I, I feel like I need to be more mindful about just focusing in on the present because you're so right about being disappointed twice. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I'm not perfect at it. I'm still someone that really is all about the future. And I definitely used to live there big time, but I mean, recently, I don't know if it's, I'm just getting old or what's going on, but I'm definitely starting to be a lot more present minded. I mean, hence did not prepare for this podcast today because that was in the future. So here we are because we are. I'm very present minded. Um, okay, cool. So Elise, what gets you excited about life? This is a good question. Um, I'm really like an excited person, just usually all the time. Yes, and you're I, a little hummingbird. Yes. <laughs> Callie, Callie told, texted me the other day and said that my spirit animal was a hummingbird, and I just love that so much. It's true. They're all over my patio, and they're just buzzing all the time. It's so excited. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes my energy can be too much for people, so I, I fully acknowledge that and own that, but um, – but yeah, I think, I think what gets me excited specifically is like overcoming things that are hard. Like I really, I mean, you and I talk all the time about how much we love Glennon Doyle and her book yep. Unnamed, but the quote, we can do hard things just fires me up. Like that like really gets me excited. And I think that's why I get fired up with being life coach because I really get excited about growing through really difficult, it sucks in the middle of it, right? Like it's not fun when you're like in the trenches of a challenging time, but I think seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and never giving up, like that gets me really excited. I love that. So positive. Elise, so positive. <laughs> What's yours? Um, so I thought about this the other night, my, or actually a fellow blush coach, Emily texted me and I was in Colorado, actually, of all places, and she was like, hey, what, what brings you meaning to life or what, what's your life's purpose? And I was like, hello, 8 p.m., a glass of wine in. I am not suited up for this conversation, but, and she's working on her dissertation. She's very smart. And so the yes. first thing that came to mind, well, other than my cat, Blue, was forward progression. Mm. Um, I'm a huge West Wing fan and I've completely adopted the mantra, what's next from Jed Bartlett, my boyfriend. I love him, but it's true. I've realized that my brain is always thinking what's next, which is why living in the future was a huge thing for me because I was always about, you know, what's next, what's next and thinking down the line. So I've tried to rein that in, but it's, I'm still present minded now, but I love just like, getting things off the list, keep going, do things. I love being able to take time at the end of the day to just like rest and be like, woo, all right, you got this done. And then tomorrow we'll bring other things. Like, I just love the feeling of forward momentum. There's yeah. nothing else like it. And it's also fun to see clients do that. Cause it's yes. like, even if I feel like I'm standing still, but I see my clients just soaring through, it's like, yeah, yeah, I will definitely ride on those coattails and feel good because you're killing it. So yeah, forward progression is what, that's what does it for me. I love that. That's a really good one. This next question is tough. I, I like, this one's a good one. Tell mm -hmm. us, tell us what 
life lessons you learned the hard way? When people reveal themselves to you, believe them. Uh, Yeah. Maya Angelou, she is, I mean, brilliant in every way, but yeah, I mean, or maybe it was Oprah. Shit. Who was it? Elise Help. I line, don't know, line. I, I am so, I'm always good at remembering the quotes, but then I never, which is so bad. I like need to give credit where credit is due, but. No. Okay. Well, we'll research we'll come later. To, yeah. We'll get back to you on that <laughs> one. We'll get back to you. But either way, I mean, oh yeah. I mean, you can only imagine friendships, you know, romantic relationships. It's not like I've burned every bridge I've built, but <laughs> there have been a few important ones that I have gladly walked away from and lit that match because I should have listened. And I think that reaction was part and due because I I didn't, I didn't, they told me, right. Mm -hmm. Everything was out in the open. I was aware. I knew who I was dealing with, but that optimism in me decided "Eh, it can't be that bad. Well, it turns out it was, it was spoiler alert. So yeah, I mean, it, that was not fun. I would have way preferred to have just taken their word for it and been like, all right, I will be on my way. See you never. And then, the, you know, the bridge doesn't need to be burned. It doesn't create that tension in your chest when you think about it. Like that would have, you know, that'd be nice. But at the same time, once you get burned like that once, twice, three times, you're pretty careful and you're more observant and you're more intentional about the people that you surround yourself with. So it's tough. I mean, do I wish I had been smarter in the moment? I mean, sure, I guess like that would have been easier, but at the same time, (laughs) try infiltrating my life when you're giving me all of the red flags. It's just not going to happen. I I think that's, what's tough about being an empath too. I think when you're an empath, like you really, at least my experience has been like, I always get stuck in situations for longer than I should be because I always see things through the other person's eyes and I can understand, you know, like I always make understanding out of it. And so I, I totally get that. I think that's, you know, especially with everybody in our field who's into their feelings and emotionally intelligent and empaths. I think that's, that's a tough, tough mm-hmm. thing for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Um, shoot. Okay. I think, What's that? Um, it's like when like we teach other people how to treat us. And I think this really drove home for me because if there's a toxic relationship scenario, I have experienced it in my past. <laughs> and I had a pattern for bringing in narcissistic, toxic men into my life and being, I know, I know, I know. And I remember I went to therapy. It was, you know, I'll make a long story longer, but (laughs) I always do that. I try, I try to keep it short and then it's Why use one word when 10 will work? Yes, exactly. That's the epitome of my life. But I was in a very toxic relationship for about three years to the point that he had another girlfriend for like six months of our three-year relationship. He cheated on me multiple times, was verbally and mentally and emotionally abusive. It was a very- Sir, if you are listening, you better stay away from West Hollywood, California. (laughs) I will have eyes on you. Callie's coming for you. Um, But yeah, so I remember like, I 
when I had finally cut the cord, which I cut the cord because my life coach really encouraged me to do that. And it was the best decision that I've ever made in my entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I finally did that and I was, I took no accountability for like my part in it. And I read that quote that was like, you teach other people how to treat you. And I had literally never enforced any boundaries. I, he never had any, um, consequences for his actions. You know, like I was always there ready to fix the relationship and ready to resolve it. And so I, it was a hard pill to swallow to know that I kind of played a role in that because I needed to walk away. You know, I feel like that quote kind of goes along with yours too, because it's like, you know, it's, it's hard though. It's really hard. Yeah. It's, it's all about accountability. And if you find yourself in a, in a victim situation, and this is something where I guarantee we're going to cover in this podcast, like we will not mince words. And when it's hard to hear, but you are doing something to create the environment, to create the situation you're in. I know a lot is outside of our control, but a lot is in our control too. Yes. In, in, in grad school, I took, um, that domestic violence class. Did you take that Callie? I don't think I took that one. Was that with Hal? No, it was with um, Sarah Firebacher. Oh man, Sarah Firebacher is amazing. amazing. Sarah, I need you to listen to this so we can just worship you. I literally am so obsessed with her, but she told our class this once and she said, people don't stay in a situation unless they are gaining something from it. And that, yes! that yes! like totally changed my perspective because, you know, it, it's so true, whether that's financial help, whether that's feelings of being worthy, whether that's attention, whether that's love, like we, you don't stay in a situation if you are literally gaining nothing from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I, yeah. Heather McMinn sent that home to us in our, in our class. So see, same grad school, same lessons, different times, different people. We've yes. got y'all covered. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Elise, if you weren't scared, what would you do? Um, you know, this is a funny story. I actually am terrified of public speaking, which you would think is not the case because I'm like such a talkative person, but I actually changed my language to sign language in college because my first day of like college Spanish, we had to go in front and like do a monologue in Spanish. And I had a full blown panic attack because I'm like, I can't even speak in English in front of a crowd, let alone another language in front of a crowd. So I switched to sign language, which was so much better. And so I think if I wasn't scared, I would do like a major public speaking event, like a TED talk or like some sort of self-development event. I don't know. It's on my to-do list, bucket list, but I also know that I'm scared shitless to do that. Well, just so everyone knows, she's giving a talk tonight. And while it's virtual, there'll be over 150 people there. So thanks for reminding me. (laughs) She's already kind of doing it. Um, I'm literally already sweating. You just said that. And that's like instant armpit sweat. (laughs) Hell yes. And I forced her to do it even better. I love it. Okay. What's yours? I mean, I'm kind of doing it. Like I'm scared all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I think that I would have been maybe not challenged, but like starting my own business was terrifying. I never had any interest in doing it, to be honest. It just kind of happened from, I mean, a lot of circumstances kind of brought it together and we can definitely talk about that another time. I'm sure it'll come up. But I think I would have been a lot more relaxed and maybe less anxious 
if I had just gone and worked for someone else and let someone else kind of take responsibility and let someone else guide me and mentor me. And instead I just choice after choice thrung myself into entrepreneurship, not knowing what the hell I was doing. And it was scary. Um, so not to be like, I'm living my worst fear, but it's, you know, every, every day is a little terrifying. And, um, I mean, I guess the other thing is like, I, I'm kind of with you, Elise. I always had the skills to perform, but the act of performing freaked me out. Not when I was younger, but as I got older. So, you know, maybe I would have continued acting, singing, maybe I would have gone into broadcast journalism, something like that. But I think just like tackling that everyday severe anxiety would have eventually had me develop ulcers. Yeah. So <laughs> I think I kind of landed on a happy medium. So yeah. that's, you know, that's good. I actually, um, I skipped a question too. So I want to ask oh, you, me? yeah, I skipped one guys. We're so prepared. <laughs> so what do you think the difference is between living and existing? I love this question because I think for a long time in my life, I was just existing <laughs> and mm -hmm. it took, honestly, this is a shameless plug, but it took life coaching and working with Samantha to really like take a pause and take a step back and be like, okay, what the hell am I doing with my life? Like I need to change some things to start actually living life. I, I talk, like I hear a lot of themes in just this space that we're in of like, it feels like life is just happening to me and I'm not really like the author of my narrative. And I, I think that's something that we can all relate to at some point or another in your life feeling that way. But I think, I think of like living and existing as like surviving versus thriving. Like, are you just like making it by like, is life just passing by each day? Or are you really waking up with a purpose and meaning and joy and gratitude and really, you know, thriving and as your best self, even on your bad days, like, you know, I have had some bad days in my life. And even on those days, like I still had purpose, you know, and I still had meaning. And so I think that, I don't know, did I just answer your question or did I not? Yeah, no, I think you totally did. Um, I think you did. I mean, I think I, I had kind of two ideas about this question. I think you kind of encompass those, which the, the two things that come to my mind are one intention Mm. having intention behind your choices, having intention behind your behavior, making sure that you are really putting thought into what you're doing. And, and it's funny because I'm someone who, you know, flies by the seat of my pants most of the time, but still, I mean, I would, I would hope that most of the decisions and choices that I'm making are still intentional. I, I chose not to prep for this podcast. <laughs> that was a choice. Um, and the second thing that comes to mind is risk. You know, I find that a lot of people feel more alive, feel more animated, feel more authentic whenever they have risk attached to their choices. Mm. Uh, and maybe this is just a personal thing. I just, I just get really bored by people who never take risks, who never try anything, who never get out of their comfort zone. And it's not like I'm an adrenaline junkie here. I mean, no, far from it. But I do think that, you know, existing is just kind of doing what's expected of you, going through the motions, not really yeah. putting again intention behind any of your choices. Just, you know, you'll, you will survive, like you said, survive versus thriving. It'll happen. I mean, hopefully, but when you add risk to the mix, then you kind of have to think about the consequences on the other side. You have to think about what's next. You have to be intentional. And so 
I think those two things combined are what make the difference for me. Mm. But this is a very existential question. Yeah. It's probably, you're going to get a different answer from everyone. I love questions like that. I like love to dive deep and have existential deep conversations with people. So I'm living for this. Me too. Thank okay. God we started an advice podcast. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Um, I want to make sure I'm not skipping anything. Okay. What is your why in life, Callie? Mm. Well, it's, I mean, I'm kind of a broken record at this point, but I think it's probably forward advancement. I think it's probably pushing myself to be better. And I also love encouraging others to do the same. So Which, I- Go ahead. You, this is so in line. Callie is a three on the Enneagram, which I feel like this is totally aligns with type three. It, it does. The second part of my sentence, it's very much not type three, which is why I think I might be a lazy three or maybe my nine is just really rearing in. I'm not sure. Um, maybe I'm just stressed. Who knows? But I, I love to do those things, right? Advancement, forward progression, making sure everyone in my orbit is doing the same thing. No one can sit still. If someone's been in a job for too long, I'm like, all right, what, what are we doing? Is your resume ready? What, what are we doing here? Come on. What's next? So all of that, but I have to strike like balance as much as possible. I am not one of those people. I know I appear like that person that is always on and doing, 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 but if I don't get to sloth it out, I'm like, why am I even here? <laughs> life is meaningless. If I don't get to veg out and not think about anything and just no one talk to me, like I have to have both. Otherwise I am awful. And if it's too much of one or too much of the other, my balance is completely off and I'm not fun to be around. But that really, that sounds horrible, but that is my why. It's like forward advancement coupled with balance and like, I'm good. So let me ask you a follow-up question because I'm just interested. How long did it take you to find the perfect balance? Well, I mean, in the beginning, I felt like it was mostly not doing much because when you're an entrepreneur, like there's only so much you can do in a day. And at some point I realized a lot of this stuff is pointless. Like I could spin my wheels out or I could chill out, right? And just do what I think is going to have the most impact. So, I mean, it, it, it took a long time. I wouldn't even try and boast and say, I'm necessarily there yet. This is a day-to-day thing, you know? Some days are going to be completely off kilter and that just bothers me. But I mean, the older I get, and, and, and also like I've been, you know, Blush has been around for a while. Like we've definitely picked up a lot of speed and we've really hit the ground running in the past year. But, you know, I have been doing this before that for a long time. So that helps. I mean, having that, you know, having the same company, kind of the same mission, the same stuff, it, you have the space to really find that balance. Yeah. Totally. I love that. What about you? Um, I think mine is cheesy. <laughs> is it positive? Yeah. Hummingbird? It is positive. Um, it's kind of twofold. Um, which the cheesy part is just to help others. I feel like that is my purpose on earth. I feel like I've been dealt some hardships in life, but what got me through that was because I found purpose. Like if What's that saying that's like your pain and your experience and the challenge that you went through can then serve as a survival guide for someone else going through the Mm -hmm. same thing? I feel like that is my life. And so if I can do something with 
the pain that I've experienced in my life, then it feels like there's purpose and meaning behind it. Um, and then I think the other thing too, is this like is more personal, but I really feel compelled to like change the stigma on vulnerability. Like I go on my Instagram and I cry my eyes out and I, you know, zoom in on a pimple if I have one, you know, I just feel like, and I need to be an advocate for just showing up as who you are and not really caring what other people think about it. And it took me a really long time and a lot of personal work to get to this place. But now I get to do this work and I get to see my clients on the same path and like see how much freedom they have from like cutting those chains and just like being free to own who they are and own their feelings and own their experience. And it's honestly like brings tears to my eyes because it's just such an important like mission for me in life. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. You're such a two. I know. She's a two on the Enneagram, the helper. That's so sweet. Emily the other night said my, her mission was to help people too. And I was like, man, I am a garbage truck of a human being. (laughs) You're not. (laughs) I was like, I started a company to help others. And it's like my why in life. I'm like, man, you know, I guess helping others. (laughs) I guess. Uh, So funny or sad, whichever way you look at it. Okay. (laughs) Where do you find your purpose or meaning in life? And I mean, this is kind of similar to what is your why in life, but where do you find purpose or meaning? Yeah. My, I mean, it's really the same answer. I think just helping others love themselves and teaching others to give themselves grace. And I also feel like I have the perp, like my purpose on earth is to be a mom one day, which we are in the trenches and you know, that's a whole nother podcast episode on how much IVF and infertility sucks. But, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you know, I think that I always, it gives me hope because I think like the desires of your heart are there for a reason. And when I was a little girl, like and you fill out those worksheets. It's like, when I grow up, I want to be blank. And mine always said mom. And so I think that's what gives me hope and just like peace about it because I feel like I would, you know, that purpose is in my heart for a reason. And so I know it'll happen one day. It's just, you know, as someone who's a control freak and a perfectionist and someone who likes things to go on my timeline. And this, this, that's why this year has just been can I say, well, I won't cuss, but. Oh my God, please do. Okay. Well, it's been, going to happen. it's been a clusterfuck, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's been, I have learned to be flexible and I have learned to surrender. That is my, that is my two mantras for this year. I love it. I'm listening to you. I was, I, it's, you are such a sweet person. I love that you wrote mom down. I'm trying to remember what I wrote. I'm like, I don't even remember. I think it probably changed year to year. So I think I figured out that the purpose or meaning in my life is probably impact, Mm -hmm. like having impact, positive impact, hopefully with other people, but really just having impact, like taking up space and saying what I think and what I say matters and what I think and what I say could be helpful or valuable to you. And I think it's important because, you know, especially as women and little girls, that message was not given to us most (laughs) days, but I was lucky enough to have very close people in my life, including, you know, my nuclear family that were like, yeah, everything you say matters, like scream louder, like do this. And so 
I find myself, one of my favorite things to do is like surrounding myself with really smart or gifted people, making sure that I'm learning from them and seeing what makes they, you know, what makes them tick and, and just learning and trying to be better. But I love, I love super intelligent people, not necessarily book smart, but just people that are really good at what they do because they have impact. And I love, <laughs> I love that. I love giving your contribution and really changing people's paths for the better, whether that's through life coaching or whether that's through something else. So, I mean, I hope that blush and what I've done so far has had impact. It's, you know, I get a message from time to time saying that, yes, it worked for me. And I'm so grateful that this company exists, which is great, but that really is my mission. And, you know, maybe one day that impact will happen on a family of my own. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think impact is really the word for that. Yeah. I feel like we just have to give you a moment of applause because I feel like when it's you, who's the entrepreneur and like the brain behind all of the business, like, I think it's, there's always something else that you want to do or something, you know, but I feel like you have changed people's lives, Callie, like blush has changed people's lives. And I know that because it changed my life as a client. And then I know that also because I get to see people's every single day whose life it's changed, you know? So I just feel like I need to like give you a applause because you're doing great. Like it's, it's, it's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful process and such an amazing company. And like, I don't know, I could go, I could go till I'm blue in the face talking about how much I'm obsessed with blush. I literally text Callie all the time randomly like, Hey Callie, I just want to let you know, I love you so much. And I really love blush. And I'm just really grateful that I can be part of the team. And she's like, okay. I don't say okay. I know, but I'm sure. I mean, it's just so funny because I just really, I mean, it's just so amazing. I can't say it enough. I, I appreciate that. I'm glad you're here with me. It was not fun when it was just me. So it's way more fun now that I have all these incredible people helping out with me and being a part of it, which honestly is a great segue into one of our final questions, which is, what is the best advice for someone going through a quarter life crisis? Which that's how we got our start. I, I built blush for teens and then the 20 somethings came running and I was like, all right, let's do this. So I never really intended to go out after the quarter life crisis and really didn't know it was that big of a problem. I mean, I was having one, but I just figured I was the only crazy 20 something that wasn't enjoying myself. And then it turns out, nope, you know, a lot of 20 somethings are struggling and really not loving this phase of life. So Elise, what is the best advice you have for, for anyone listening that's going through a quarter life crisis right now. I'm so glad I get to go first because I feel, I like look at you of like the queen of quarter life crisis. Callie actually wrote a whole book on surviving the quarter life crisis. And so I'm glad that I get to go first because (laughs) this is so like you're, I mean, you're the queen of it, but I saw this quote the other day and I'm going to read it because I just feel like it's so perfect for just this stage. And it says, you're not behind in life. There is no timetable that we all must follow. It's made up. Seven billion people can't do everything in the exact same order. What's early? What's late compared to who? Don't beat yourself up for where you are. It's your schedule and everything is right on time. And I think that- That's it. Me, that, that's it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what it is. That's yeah. it. It's, it's so, and I, I do this too, right? Like I'm from the South. I'm from Texas. Everybody's popping out babies. Everybody was married before I was, you know, like it's- mm-hmm it's hard to not compare and to not think like, okay, well, I always say this too. Like, I think we live 
the majority of our lives, like thinking about what our life will look like at 30 or 35 or whatever age you think about. And I think when we get there, you have the expectation that you've created for yourself. And then you have the reality, which is far from the expectation. And then you have to manage that distance in between, because if you don't, then you just are disappointed and you feel like you're behind in life and you're, you know, it it can get really dark really quick if you don't manage the fact that, you know, and, and realize the fact that you're exactly where you're supposed to be at the exact same time. There is no timetable. There is no benchmark of, okay, you hit 30, you know, you hit 35, you're exactly where you need to be. So I think that's, that's something that I've had to really take on myself too. Yeah, no, I, I love it. That quote definitely encapsulated most of the work that I did in the first, what, four or five years on blush. I mean, it was mm-hmm. just that. And I think now that I'm nowhere near a quarter life crisis, cause girlfriend has left her twenties. Um, I think two things really come to mind for, just from a different perspective, which is one, nothing is permanent. And I remember being in my early twenties and thinking, shit, this is my life now. Like it's just going to suck from here on out because mm-hmm. that's, I had never, I mean, it's not that I never experienced hardships, but it's, you know, when you're in your teens and even earlier than that, younger than that, there are so many people to blame. You can blame the fact that you don't have control over your life. You don't get to decide what you do. You know, you've got to listen to teachers or your parents, or you can't make new friends because you only have to pick from these 200 people, right? Like there's so many things that you can blame stuff on. And so when you get to a point where there's no one to blame, it can become so much internal shame. And then you think, oh, this, this is it. This is what it's like when you don't have the same kind of support that you did when you were growing up. Mm-hmm. So nothing is permanent, meaning it doesn't matter if you feel like shit right now. There is a great chance you're not going to feel like that a week from today, a month from today, a year from today. Like time is going to do so much, even if you don't act with intention. Now, of course, if we circle back to what we said earlier, which is if you start to take risks, right? If you start to live with intention, then things are going to shift for you and it's going to change no matter what. So there's that. And then the second is that, man, if you have high expectations for yourself, which I know a lot of our audience does, Mm -hmm. it's going to take some work. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to take a lot of work. This is not something that just happens overnight, this beautiful cookie cutter life. And if it does, then you either one life's lottery or you're not taking risks and living with intention. And what did we call that earlier? That's just existing. Mm -hmm. You're not living. So, you know, this shit takes work. It takes work to create a life that you're proud of. One that you want to call your own and say, hell yes, I did this. You're not going to be as proud of it if it just fell into your lap. So I, I don't, I don't get upset when 20 somethings come to me and say they don't have work-life balance or say that they haven't found a boyfriend or say this. I'm like, good. Your twenties are going to (laughs) suck. Your twenties are meant to work for the life that you want. If you want that life and it's going to take sacrifice. So no, it's not going to be fun. Do you have to be miserable 24 seven? Of course not. Let's, let's figure out a way to kind of tweak some of this stuff. But if you think you're going to be living that dream life, like you got to put the work in first. So, yes. you know, that's so good. It's so good. I'm like, preach. preach. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. 
Oh. Let's close out with a fun one. I promise we don't have you for this much longer, but hopefully you've gotten a taste of our life philosophies yes. and what you can expect moving forward. So let's end today with one last question, which is what's on your bucket list? Ugh, I love this. I really want to go to Bali and I really want to go to Greece. Those are like my two travel bucket lists. And then I really, really, really want to live in a tiny home on a farm and like have goats and like pigs and cows and all the farm animals. And then my third thing is to meet the Lumineers. I'm so obsessed with the Lumineers. They literally give me life and I listen to them on repeat every single day. That is, I do not want to do the second thing on your bucket list at all. Would you, would you, <laughs> would you visit me in my tiny home on my farm though? If I brought Zyrtec, then <laughs> yes. Oh. oh my gosh. I love it. It's just, our bucket lists are so different. Tell me yours. Oh, mine, mine's horrible. Mine's so dumb. I think about it probably once every two years and they are very specific things and they are so stupid. So. The first one is I really want to sit front row at a, like, it doesn't even have to be an important game. I don't really care. I just want to be front row at a hockey game, wearing a jersey and pounding on that glass and being like, I bet you won't hit him. I bet you won't. And just being an absolute idiot. I it, Like, I grew up in Detroit, actually. I, you know, I'm sure you all put it together that I'm from Texas because that's how Elise and I you know, are intertwined, but I grew up in Detroit. And so the Red Wings, it was a big deal. We won the Stanley Cup. Like people would throw octopus on the ice. It was just like, what? Oh yeah. It was. Wait, where, where do you even buy an octopus? I don't know. Right. And like, it was a thing. They would throw the octopus. Cause for some reason, the octopus was kind of like the unofficial mascot of the Red Wings. And what? So people would like throw them on the ice. And it was like a, it was like a thing. Like, <laughs> like they would be oh like, my please, please stop throwing seafood. <laughs> Can you please send me a video after this of right? this it's octopus crazy. thing? It's bizarre. And, and all the men would grow out their beards during Stanley Cup season. It was like superstitious. They wouldn't shave until the final game was played. And like, even my dad did it. My dad like is not what I would call a sports buff in the least. And even he participated. It was just like so fun. You know, it's just like high school football in Texas, right? Yeah, totally. Like, just a blast. And, uh, so yeah, I've just always wanted to sit front row so I could be the woman just like screaming, not even knowing what's going on and being like, ah, you know, just oh part God. of the energy. So I, I want to do that. I have to attend Saturday Night Live at some point. I like medium care who the host is. It would be nice if I had a strong connection to the host, but any, honestly, any show will do. I've been watching religiously. I have never missed an episode since I was probably 16. So really need to do that. And, and it's like the most, it is the most impossible ticket to get. It is not easy. Really? No. I mean, you can do the lottery, but like, I, I even know, like I, I knew like the assistant booker and like, I don't even think he could help me. I mean, this is like the one time I'd be like, please, I will do anything if you could, you know, give me a hookup and yeah, no luck so far. So we'll see. I, Andrew apparently said we were, we would go to the December show, but that did not happen. I can't remember why. So <laughs> So still wanting to do that. And my third is I just went to visit Colorado for the first time ever. And I got to see the Red Rocks Amphitheater, which is, I mean, the Hollywood Bowl is incredible, but this is just an, oh, it's another world. And I think seeing like 
like Pearl Jam or like, man, I would have like the Eagles would have been so cool or like Fleetwood just went on tour. I mean, like I want to see like a classic rock or just straight yeah. up rock concert at Red Rocks Amphitheater. It'd be so awesome. And then like rent a little house afterward. Oh, I mean, I know there's a lot more to life. I've barely traveled. I haven't been anywhere. I was poor in my twenties. So I wasn't, you know, jet setting. I'm not cultured in that sense. So I want to go places, but like these three things, they just kind of, I don't know, they're quirky and I like them and they're very specific and I'm going to be feel very good when I've done all three. <laughs> no, I'm like really excited for you. I think those all are sound really fun. Okay. Well, we'll live on your farm and then we'll go to Red Rocks. <laughs> Maybe we can see the Lumineers play at Red Rocks Amphitheater and you can meet them after. Oh my God, Callie. I would literally, like, I don't think you understand. Like you going to Saturday Night Live is like the equivalent of my excitement thinking about going to see the Lumineers. Oh, guys, just positive thoughts so that yeah. we can do these very bizarre things. We just need to manifest these things for ourselves. I literally knew it's going to happen. We do. Okay, everyone. Um, I hope you enjoyed getting to learn about us. I hope you got a good taste of what's to come. Remember, please write into blushyou at joinblush.com and tell us your story. Tell us your issue. Give us as much detail as possible. I think you understand now that we love words and we love talking. We yes. have to read it all. We want to be very thoughtful and very intentional with our replies. So one sentence questions <laughs> probably won't make the cut. So we want paragraphs. We want details. We want gossip. Give it to us. Please. Spill the tea. Spill yes. that tea. Please. And uh, we will have more episodes coming your way. Yes. I'm so excited. The last thing I want to say is we are still doing coaching consultations, free coaching consults, which are so fun. It's really like 15 minutes that you get to kind of chat with a coach and see if you would be interested in the process. And so if you're interested, go to our Instagram and we have in our little link tree um, link, we have a, like a little link that you can sign up and get started with one of us. Yep. Who knows? Elise might be your coach. Yes. <gasps> How fun would that be? I would literally love that. I know. You, she would love that. I promise. So fun. Okay. Well, thank you guys all for tuning in. This was so much fun. I know. It was so much fun. We will see you guys next time with some hot, steamy, juicy advice coming your way. Yes. See you later. Bye.